0: William James Doyle. He was born in 1861 in St. John's, Newfoundland. He grew up in the Petty Harbor, uh, Goulds area outside of St. John's, for those of you who know where that is. He married Mary Jane Bennett from Holyrood, and for those of you who are familiar with that part, uh, and there are a few of you who are, there is a a Bennett Road in Holyrood that uh, until very recently was home to the Bennett side of my family. There's a Doyle Road in Goulds that we know a little less about, other than that two generations of Doyles that I'm directly related to, lived in the area, and there's also a Devereux family there uh, that I'm also related to. Now, my family uh, has a mixed history to it. Uh, it's kind of like any other family. Yours has a mixed history to it as well, and the story of my grandfather, or my great-grandfather, I should say, is particularly mixed. A note, though, that I discovered by uh, one of my relatives a little closer to him said, he was a splendid entrepreneur and quite vocal about his political views. Yeah, if he were alive today, he would have been a force to reckon with on social media. It would have just been wild. And that would also be true of my dad. In many ways, it's true of me. My, My dad and I, we have this entrepreneurial drive, this energy to do what it takes to just move stuff forward. But I've had to be a a little more careful about how I express my views and opinions. Like on COVID-19, I might have some strong thoughts that are best not shared in the middle of such a divided thinking these days because, you know, pastors, they can get themselves into a little bit of trouble if they're not careful. But holding to opinions with passion is very much a part of my family. There's just a lot of Irish fight to us. And my great-grandfather, William James, he, he got both the passion and you know, for opinion and entrepreneurial spirit from his father, Dennis Doyle. Dennis, we'll, we'll talk about him for a moment. He was born in Wexford, Ireland, and came over with his parents to Newfoundland in the early 1800s. This is just before the Irish potato famine that ravished Ireland. The timing of his family arrival positioned him with his entrepreneurial spirit to be able to build uh, or buy a bunch of homes that really became uh, tenement housing for the Irish poor who fled the potato famine. It's on Flower Hill Lane in St. John's, and while it's looking a little on the rough side these days, there, there might be some remnants of that housing still there. Well, we have a copy of the will uh, that Dennis left, and Dennis left his fortune to only two of his six children. My great-grandfather was not one of them. Um, There appears maybe there was some uh, relational tension brewing in the family, or at least two of the sons were the favored. My great-grandfather, William James, inheritance or not, with his entrepreneurial drive, he moved his family from Petty Harbor to Halifax, Nova Scotia, where he entered into a partnership in the coal business, supplying coal for homes in Halifax. The business did really well. My grandfather remembers living in a palatial home full of servants. The home had more than enough room for the 11 children of James and Mary Jane Doyle. But somewhere along the line, the partnership soured, as the story goes, and my grandfather got uh, swindled out of his part of the business. There are also hints that alcohol played a role in the downfall of my great-grandfather. And that downfall devastated the family and sent 11 of the children just scrambling for themselves, most headed to the U.S. And then my great-grandfather, he died at age 68, again, with hints that his early death may have been alcohol-related. Uh, His son, my grandfather, James Leslie Doyle, he stayed in Halifax, and as a good Irish Catholic boy, he married a Nova Scotian Protestant Scotch girl. This was a scandal. Not Catholic, not Irish. And so my grandfather just kind of withdrew himself from the rest of the family, loved his Scottish president, uh, Protestant wife, and raised up two boys, my dad and my uncle. He had two kids. That's it. His father had 11. There's a bit of a reaction going on. And he didn't drink, likely because of the damage he'd seen done by his father. So why do I tell you this story? Why do I tell you about the good and the bad of my family heritage? I want to give you a quote from a guy by the name of Carl Sandburg. He's, he's a 20th century journalist, a writer, a poet. He, he won three Pulitzer Prizes for his work. Sandburg said When a society or a civilization perishes, one condition can always be found they forgot where they came from, they forgot their roots. Knowing your heritage is simply powerful. It is the key for knowing who you are and why God has you here today. Sure, your heritage, like mine, is mixed. It has good stuff and it has bad stuff. But in your heritage, there are keys that are clues to how God has shaped you, what gifts and talents and passions he has given you, and how they point to how God wants to use you as a gracious barbarian in our world today. Okay. This is our second in a series of messages called Gracious Barbarian. Last week we described Gracious Barbarians as men and women full of the fire of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who empowers them to love boldly and serve courageously. Gracious Barbarians love boldly and serve courageously. And if there was ever a time when we needed to see God raise up a vast movement of gracious barbarians, loving boldly, serving courageously, it is now in these uncertain days. And friends, he is calling you. He is calling you to be a gracious barbarian. Friends, this is not the time to hold back, you know, hunker in the bunker and wait for Jesus to return. No, this is the time for you and me both, for the church to rise up, to rise up with strength and love boldly and serve courageously. Friends, this is our mission. This is your mission. We need an army of, uh, we need an army of spirit-filled, gracious barbarians. So are you up for it? I mean, God really is calling you. Now, one of the fires that the Holy Spirit ignites that energizes you to move into your God-given mission is the fire of heritage. The fire that comes from knowing who you are and where you came from. The writer of the letter to the Hebrews put it like this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And friends, you can do this. You can throw off the sin that entangles. And one of the things that can help you do it is knowing who you are. And let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the uh, pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, as a gracious barbarian, really. He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You and me both. If we're followers of Jesus, we're surrounded by two clouds of witnesses. We're we're surrounded by the cloud of witnesses that are our personal family heritage. And then as Jesus followers, we're we're part of the Christian family. And today I want you to see that there's power in both your personal family heritage as well as in the heritage of the Christian family that you're now a part of. But first, your own family. For most of you, we're talking about your family of origin. Uh, For some, maybe your adopted family. Friends, you come from a noble heritage. Really, you do. Despite the ups and downs and dysfunctions of your family, there is so much that reflects the image of God in your family that is woven into who you are today. God did not make junk. Your genetics are not junk. And there is so much in your family story that you can proudly draw on and gain strength from in your family that will... Actually, you'll find glimpses in your family of of gracious barbarians in the past who will give you a bit of a clue as to how God would have you be a gracious barbarian today. There is something from your family history that belongs to you. Let me say it again. There is something from your family history that belongs to you. It's powerful when you uncover it and proudly allow it to become a part of your story. God has designed you to take the good and the noble things from your family's past and allow them to flow through you as you seek to live a life with purpose and meaning in this world today. To quote Stephen Mansfield, a guy I like to read a lot, and this is a guy uh, who wrote the book that I push a lot, The Search for God in Guinness, just an awesome, inspiring story. Anyways, Mansfield says, We uh, are made to be empowered and lifted up by what has come before us, by what has been left to us by our ancestors, and by what our fathers and mothers have planted in our souls. Friends, the nobility of our heritage, the good that can be found in our family history, it it should inspire us, it it should set us on fire to become who God designed us specifically to be. Your family, no, no matter how dysfunctional they may be, are a gift of God to you. And there is good stuff to be found in your family and that good stuff is in you and it comes from God and it is to be used in mission for God's purposes. You are called to be a gracious barbarian with roots in the gracious barbarians of your past. So you have a purpose and some of that purpose can be found in your family history in God and how he made you to be. And for you to be fully alive, I mean for you to thrive, I mean hear me, For you to thrive, you you must live on mission for Jesus. You must be deeply a part of what Jesus is doing in our city and world. And some of the clues of what God wants you to do come from your family heritage. And the Bible, you know, it's just not silent about the power of your family heritage. The writers of the Bible affirm the power of generations and how we pass our strengths, not just our weaknesses down from generation to generation. The biblical books of First and Second Chronicles just tell the stories of generations of people, the good, the bad, the ugly. You have chapter after chapter in the Bible of genealogies, and, and there's a heck of a lot of dysfunction and sin among the people listed in those genealogies. But then, then there are spirit-filled, gracious barbarians shining brightly in a dark world, making one huge difference. And we grab onto those stories and we let them inspire us. And, by the way, all of the Bible genealogies there in the Bible, they all arrive at Jesus, right? The ultimate gracious barbarian. Jesus who came to die one brutal death on a cross. I mean, talk about bold love and courageous service. Talk about being a gracious barbarian. Let me absolutely assure you that there is good in your family that produces good that is in you right now. Let me say it again. There is something in your history that belongs to you. Friends, I don't want to see it lost. I I, I don't want to see it stolen because of family trauma or dysfunction or, or because we live in a world that doesn't know how to embrace our past. Friends, do not cancel your family history just because there's junk in it. And in some cases, maybe even disturbing junk. Look beyond the junk. See the good, the image of God that you have inherited and is part of who God made you to be. You need to claim the good that is in your heritage and let go of the bad. So be proud that you are a butler, a Gomez, a Delilah, or a Segovia. Be proud that you're an Nguara, a Marinage, or a Canelson or a Doucette. Be proud that you're a Bodhisattva, a Cardinal, a De Leon, or a Zundel, an Adiai, I mean, I think you get the idea. Go find out what's in your family that you can be proud of, and and go claim that for yourself and and see how that is part of how God has shaped you to serve Him as a gracious barbarian in these unstable days. Now, there's another huge part to your heritage. You have a faith family, a Christian family. You, You can find them throughout the history of the church and throughout the pages of the Bible. When the writer of the biblical letter to the Hebrews said, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, he had just spent the previous chapter in Hebrews 11 listing the heroes of the Christian faith. He talked about Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Sarah, among others. Names that a lot of you know if you grew up in Sunday school. And then he adds these uh, to the hero list as well. There were others. They, They were tortured. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destituted, persecuted, and mistreated. The writer of the biblical letter to the Hebrews calls us to be proud of uh, both the people whose names we know from maybe Sunday school, if you went to Sunday school, and proud of all those people who were persecuted for their faith, who died, who we don't know their names. They're all part of our faith heritage. They are gracious barbarians who inspire us to be gracious barbarians. Okay, one last story. The founder of the Protestant wing of the Christian church is a man named uh, by the name of Martin Luther. He was ordained a priest in the Roman Catholic Church in 1507. He was gripped by the deep corruption in the Roman Catholic Church at that time. They would fundraise by selling what was called indulgences to lessen your time in purgatory. Catholics at the time, and some still do today, believe that you have to go to purgatory after you die and spend time there and be purged and cleansed of your sin before you get to heaven. Here was a slogan they used in the church back then. Now, no guff, this is true. They did this, and you'd hear this preached in church. So listen carefully. It's kind of older language. When a coin in the coffer rings, a soul from purgatory springs. You get that? A coin, and it would ding in their things, and the soul from purgatory springs. And and the money, it worked. The money just came pouring in so that loved ones who had died would be released from purgatory and go straight to heaven. Martin Luther, when he started to study the Bible for himself, realized that this was nowhere to be found in the Bible. Uh, that this was all just a manipulative fundraising scheme, and he cried foul. and, And he ended up greatly damaging the lucrative income stream from indulgences. So yeah, he was a bit of a gracious barbarian who took on the power of both church and government. And for that, he was charged with heresy, and he was sentenced to death. When asked to give a response to the charges, he said this, I cannot and will not recant anything, For to go against conscience is neither right nor safe. Here I stand, I can do no other, so help me God. That's being a barbarian. And out of that, the Protestant church was born. He escaped, though, and eventually was able to gain the favor of the German emperor who allowed him to establish what has now become the Protestant church. So Martin Luther is a hero. He inspires me. There, there is so much good about Martin Luther that I want to have in my life. The courage, the tenacity, maybe even the willingness to die for my faith. But sadly, there is a dark side to Luther like there is a dark side to so many. When, when Luther experienced more and more power as the leader of the quickly growing Protestant church, he had anti-Semitic views. And when he had the power, he would persecute and even kill Jews because they had killed Jesus. This is sad but true. Then uh, a guy by the name of Menno Simons led a group to separate from Luther's church. Uh, They had started as part of Luther's church. They separated a group who eventually became known as the Mennonites. Luther persecuted and killed Mennonites for being heretics. The Lutheran church has only just recently uh, apologized to the Mennonites for that black spot in church history. Friends. Even when we come to Jesus and invite him into our lives, he, he does invade us and empower us with his Holy Spirit. But his Holy Spirit can only work to the extent that we let him work. Our, our sin nature, while it was dealt with on the cross, will not be fully eradicated until heaven. None of us will fully overcome the dangers. I mean the dangerous impact that sin can have on our lives until eternity. But friends, we can grow. With the power of the Holy Spirit, we can be empowered to do better. We can change as we allow God to work in us, but we won't reach perfection this side of heaven. Remember, nobody's perfect, but anything can happen, right? So God is at work in and through you. God has been at work in and through your family, and God has been at work in and through uh, the heroes of our faith, including Martin Luther, and the list we find in Hebrews 11. Here's what God wants you to do. God wants you to be proud of your heritage, your personal family and your church family. He he wants you to find in both families stories that you resonate with, stories that make you proud. Despite the sin and the dysfunction that is in your family heritage and is also in the family heritage of the church, God is still to be seen in both. And he wants us to be set on fire. He he wants us to be inspired and encouraged by the nobility of our personal family as well as our faith family. So what gift has God given you that is from your family? A good, noble gift that you know is a part of who you are. Will you claim that God-given inheritance and allow it to inspire you, to set you on fire, to move you to become the gracious barbarian God would have you be? And as you do that, Include stories from your faith family, stories of the heroes of the Bible and the heroes of church history. You are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Let them inspire you to throw off everything that hinders you from living a life of purpose as a gracious barbarian and getting yourself free from the sin that so easily entangles. And inspired by that cloud of witnesses, you keep your eyes on Jesus so that we can run with perseverance the race that Jesus is calling us to run. Our city and world need you. And right now our city and world need you more than ever. You are needed to fulfill the purpose that God has for you, to love in this city at this time of need, and part of that purpose can be found in your heritage and who God has made you to be. Your personal family heritage and your faith family heritage are both awesome. Now go claim that heritage and let it shape you into the bold lover and courageous servant God would have you be. Friends, God really is calling you to be a gracious barbarian. Let's pray that that would happen. Father God, I thank you for my personal family and I thank you for my faith family. Help me to see what is in both of my families that shapes who I am today. Show me what I am to claim for myself that comes from my family heritage. And with that understanding of the noble heritage I come from and who that has made me to be, I commit to getting my life in service, on mission for you. I commit to being a part of what you want to do in this city and world. And would you fill me, empower me with your Holy Spirit to take those powerful parts of my heritage and use them to bring you glory as you use me to live and love like Jesus every day. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.